Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Hello, my friends. Uh, Welcome once again to our podcast. And today we are going to be talking about um, uh, using what we have to do what God has called us to do. In other words, every one of us has a pulpit that God has given us. It may be different. Many times we think that a pulpit means um, going to be preaching before a big audience, um, as what we call church today, um, you know, before a group of people and you're preaching and you are this um, uh, pastor or minister or visiting minister, whatever it may be. And that is true that is an anointed pulpit for certain people, but not everybody is called to be a pastor, to preach out there. And today things are changing so fast that pulpits have really changed. And everyone has the ability to reach people in a way that God has given them or called them to do. And so uh, today we're going to talk about using the gifts that God has given us to reach the um, or to do the work that he has given us to do. Uh, it could be reaching people through the word of God or through your actions. I know someone who is using their home as a pulpit to reach children who are thrown on the streets. That is a pulpit. That's what God has given that person to do. Moses, when he was called, he was called and the Lord asked him one question. He said, what do you have? I guess he tried to get out of it by saying, oh, all I have is a stick. And God told him to throw it on the ground. When he threw it on the ground, it became a snake, a serpent. And then what did God say? He says, touch it now. Uh, when he lifted it up, it became um, his um, stick again or his staff or his rod. Now, what does that mean? Symbolically, when you look at it, we are all scared of um, serpents or snakes. And it's like God was telling him that, listen, whatever is out there, I can make it inanimate or animate. I can um, turn a snake into an inanimate object. Whatever you are fearing out there as an obstacle to what I've called you to do, God is saying that I can, I can turn it into something harmless. You know, from snake to stick to snake. God can make life out of something that seems like no life. So, 
what we have to do is to stop begging for pool pits that are, that we are not called to be um to be on you know people trying to be their pastors those pastors are called to do that work uh those evangelists out there are called to do that work in that form and you may not be called to do God's work in that form. You may be called indeed, because many are called and few are chosen for different tasks, I guess. So you have to ask God, what is it that you have called me to do? So today we're going to look at some of the ways that God um, has called people and to see that we can use whatever we have, because God is asking one thing, what do you have? God has equipped us with everything we need to accomplish the call of our lives as long as we are operating within his will for us, not for somebody else, but for us. It may sound simplistic, you know, as a cop-out, but that's that's the Bible truth, so to speak, as we say. This is not the license not to work hard just because you've been called, but rather it's a call to hard work to work diligently, you know, so that you can get maximum results for what God has called you to do. If you work with diligence and hard work, you can rightly claim that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do all things through Christ because he strengthens us. You know, like I said, Moses' road became his platform for miracles. He approached the king, the pharaoh, who was so powerful, using his rod and, and rod of miracles. Jesus turned five loaves and two fish into the largest open-air free, free restaurant. You know, David used a sling packed with the deadliest, smooth rocks that you can think of. We at AfriChrist, we are using what we have. We now have one of the sleekest prayer apps you can find uh, out there for your smartphone. You know, we started with no sponsors. We started, uh, that's 21 years ago, we started doing this, you know, in different ways, but God was preparing us. Our website is one of the oldest out there. Um, if you can go check, our website is over 22 years old. It's been going at its pace. You know, we started everything on a shoestring. Now, I was blessed last week when a college student from one of Texas's largest, if not the largest, uh, Texas University called and said that they are using our app for their Bible study. And there's a group of them. There are 16 right now, but it's expanding. And they are using it uh, for their Bible study. When you use what God has given you, you're going to find that you will do a lot more than you think you could ever do. We came with nothing to this earth. But guess what? Everything was already here. That's what basically God is telling us. You come with nothing. From dust we came, from dust we shall go. But guess what? Everything else there, out there you see, he created for us. Now, while everyone's life is different, most of us can recall those times of having nothing but just a deep, unclear promise that's within us. And you know you want to do something and it's deep, deep down there. It could be a business, it could be whatever it is, but it's deep down there. And you have, you know, plans and you do plans for carrying it out. I know a young man who is going to YWAM right now, and he's the um, same age as my youngest son. You know, he's in his early 20s. But this young man is so full of faith. He is going to do this. And he was showing me on his computer the plans that he has. He has everything planned out as far as his finances. He has no fear. It doesn't look like a lot of finances, but he has no fear because he knows that God has called him to do this and he is going to turn it into the ministry that God wants him to reach his generation. He has gone overseas already. 
uh, on mission trips on his own, collected his own money, you know, and he's very young. But you know what? He is fearless because he knows that the power behind him is greater than the task ahead. Now, um, God has made some bold promises for us in the Bible. In fact, what I think or what I see is that a worthwhile promise requires a promiser who is able to fulfill that promise that they make and one who is also faithful to be a promise keeper as well because it doesn't matter how long it's going to take you. He is a promise keeper and that's, that's what God is. He will make sure that if you keep at it, he will keep his promise and every promise that he has made for us. You know, at the end, that promise must have the bearer, who is you, willing to bear it and carry it out to fruition. God, is, God makes the promise, but you should be the bearer of that promise. You know, God's promises are bold and powerful and fulfillable, you know, for those who believe, though, enough to step out on their own. You know, in Isaiah, God declares his ability to do this, you know, as well as his seriousness to really fulfill his promises that he says he would do. God uh, speaks with the I am kind of authority, you know, that causes the spiritual laws and the nature to work, you know, at his command. Isaiah 45, 19, I'm using the New Living Translation. It says, I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not whisper of securities in small dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. That's in Isaiah 45, 19. In other words, God is saying, listen, I don't whisper these things. If you ask me, I'll tell you. But the thing is, we never ask God or we don't think he will answer us. No, God hides nothing from those who trust and believe in his word and are ready to co-partner with him. In 2 Chronicles 16, 19, the Bible says that for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose... The Lord said this as he was rebuking actually King Asa of Judah, who in panicking relied on the king of Assyria rather than on God. God had made these promises, but instead he panicked and he started to go to the king of Assyria. And God says, no, 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 that's not me. We have to trust that God has given us everything that we need to partner with him. He will use whatever we have. You know, he's not asking us to use what we do not have. Just like I said, you know, Moses used his stick, and that stick did a lot of things in front of the Pharaoh, as well as parting waters for the children of Israel. You know, those people that he fed with uh, two fish and three loaves, you know, we know that he's able to do. Uh, look at King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. God told him to use what he had, and he told him to put a choir before his fighters. In Second Peter, God declares in another one of those bold statements that we have all we need in this life on earth, both in the natural and in the spiritual, to be successful. He says that all we need is to know him, and through that knowledge and wisdom, we are able to partake in his divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. As his divine power has given us, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which 
have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, we can become partakers of the divine nature through these promises. It's not of us, it's of him. And like you know, we saw in the other scripture above, he just not he doesn't whisper these things that you know that are obscure. He knows what he's doing and he knows the power behind his word. You know, so what does God expect us to do? Well, God has certain expectations for us to do in order to be able to use what we have. All through the Bible, from Genesis to the New Testament, God either makes makes or reminds us of his infallible promises for life and godliness. He constantly reminds us before commissioning or for any work that he has already provided. And so all he is asking is this prodding question, what do you have? You know, in one form or another, God expects us to use what we have on hand to get started. He has expressed that theme throughout the Bible. I'll I'll quote you some examples here. He commissioned Adam and Eve by pointing out what he created for them as a starting point. You can read that in Genesis 1, 28 through 30. He asked Moses at the burning bush, what do you have in your hand? That's Exodus 4, 2. He prophesied over Abraham as the father of many nations by showing him all the land ahead of him. You can find that in Genesis 15, 5 through 6 and 17 through 18. He rewarded Caleb with this promise that he gave him and Caleb was a faithful carrier for 40 years and he went to Joshua and told him that, hey, um, the Lord promised through Moses that he'll give me this land. I was 40 years old at that time. I am 80 now, but I'm more than able to go get what God promised me. This man was carrying God's promise in his hand. He presented it to Joshua. That is in Joshua 14, 12, yeah, 14, 12, verse 12 through 13. And he told him that, you know what? This is what God promised me. Now give me my land. Joshua, confronted with the word of God, he said, Here you go. He gave it to him. The example I gave you of David. Remember when he went to fight um, Goliath? King Saul gave him the king's own armor to put on. Because, see, the king's armor was made so special that nothing would penetrate it. So he gave it to David to go fight this big uh, giant. David tried it on. And he took it off. He said, no, no, no. This is weird. You see, took it off because you know what? If you try to get someone else's ministry or use someone else's tools, all you're doing is carrying something that does not fit you. God has called you specifically like he did David. So you know what David did? He was a herdsman. He was a shepherd. He had a pouch. And in that pouch, he used to have stones. Those were his rocks, the rock of ages. You only need one rock of ages, Jesus Christ. He only needed one out of five to down, the, uh, to down um, the, the giant. So in many instances, we find that God is not asking us for more than we already have in order to do extraordinary feats. We just have to recognize that the power behind us is greater than these tasks that we see ahead of ourselves. You know, the Bible confirms this also in Zechariah 4.6. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord 
O Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He, you know, and he continues in verse 10 to say, Do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And that's where much of our problem is, is that we see what we have is little, is small, and we despise it. But God, the Bible says that it pleases God to see him the work begin. So whatever you have, use it. It doesn't matter what it is. I can't say it for you what it is, but you know, in your spirit, you feel it that this is what I got. Believe me, if you get that in your spirit and call on God, God will fulfill his word. He will not despise your small beginnings. That's how we have done in this ministry. Right now, we are just finishing uh, uh, building another, uh, another church in Uganda. I mean, when I say building, it means the building. We are not talking about the people. We are talking about the building itself. We've, we've done that previously, renovating another one, and we are helping other ministries to, to do so many things. We started with nothing but with faith and hope and knowing that the power behind us is greater than. We've done, and I'm not bragging, but we've done more in that area of ministry than many huge, humongous churches. And ours is a small ministry (laughs) by all standards, small in size, but big in faith and works, okay? So that's what we need to do. Use what God has anointed and customized for you, not someone else. Be like David. He could not use Saul's uh, armor to go fight the, the giant. He went as a shepherd. Actually, he, t- he, called, he called out a Goliath. He said, you uncircumcised Phyllis, and who are you to defy the army of the living God? And that's what it is. You have to go out there with what God has anointed. What God anoints is much more powerful than what man picks for you. When God prompts us to do something, he gives us the anointed tools to do the work you know, to back us up. We have to trust that he's able and willing to stick to it. So look to him and avoid looking to other people's callings as your guide. To fight Goliath, all these other people had tried, but every day uh, Goliath would come out and he would make fun of him and they would go right back into their foxholes. Now remember another story, there is a story in the Bible uh, where Peter, uh, Peter had no money. And there was this man who was lame and he was begging. Peter told him, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give unto thee. So he told him, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. That's better than money. That, I bet you that man started to work and made more money than what he would get by, uh, through begging. But Peter said, this is what I got and it's powerful. So get up and walk. And, you know, the Spirit of God is saying the same thing to you. Silver and gold you may not have, but what you have, the name of Jesus Christ, get up and do your work. There's another one where we try to do other people's ministry. Remember when um, they were transporting the Ark of the Covenant and, uh, you know, they were using the cows and cattle, whatever, the oxen. They were using the oxen to carry it. But see, God had anointed the Levites to be the only ones to touch the Ark, to lift it, to do all those things. The oxen stumbled. The ark was going to fall and maybe get destroyed. So it's a good thing trying to save it. Uzzah tried to save it by trying to hold it, stopping it from falling. But the Bible says that God's anger raged against him. Why? Because God had appointed the Levites to be the only ones. Where were they? How come they were not doing their work? 
So the, uh, that's in Second Samuel. You can read it. Second Samuel chapter six, verse six through seven. So you see, doing what you're not supposed to do does not please God. Another example of do, using other people's ministry or doing other people's ministry is King Saul. King Saul, again, he, that's a powerful man. He was the head of the state and he tried to be, to do sacrifices. Remember, he waited for Samuel and waited for Samuel and Samuel wasn't coming. So he decided, you know what? We have, we have work to do. We have a war to fight. Let us sacrifice unto God. And he made himself basically the priest. And he went on ahead to sacrifice, um, to, to, uh, to do the sacrifices. But guess what? He took it upon himself as king, but he was not anointed to do so. When you use that, uh, the tools God has created for someone else, God doesn't like it because you're killing the other person's ministry as well as not performing your own. So do what God has called you to do in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. Do not despise the small beginning. So now I'm going to pray so that we can stick to these things. Now, if you go on our, our app, you're going to see that uh, we have the uh, some of this information which we have in our podcasts. You're going to find it in the side of the blog. If you click on the interactive blog, you're going to find more information about even what I've been speaking today. It's already there. Go out there and look at it and you follow the scriptures. There are many scriptures quoted there. I have a very nice, beautiful table that I created with all the scriptures there so you don't even have to open to crack open your bible you see <laughs> you have everything that you need just read those scriptures pray and and ask god to show you what he has called you to do now this doesn't have to be in quote unquote uh, ministry as we know it but it could be in anything in any in a business in marriage in whatever it may be Use what God has given you because he has it anointed, custom fit and custom made just for you. Do not be begging for pulpits. Many years ago, the Lord told me, stop begging for pulpits. And I'm not talking about the pulpit going before a church. No, taking other people's stuff, you know, so that you can look like them or work like them or what. No, 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 no. God had called me to do certain things. And now after all these years, I see them coming to fruition. And he had prepared me. If you go on our app, you're going to see all those things are on there. Many of them have been prepared for 20 some years. The website, the writings, the different things. But God was putting everything together. Now, when the technology changed where I could put it in one thing, and I'm, and I'm good at um, computer stuff, I was like, wait a minute, I can put this in one app. And so I went to work. And this app was like, pa, 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 things started to work. And many people love it. And it's still changing. I'm still um, improving on it. But guess what? I had to use what God has given me. So my friend, use what God has given you. Do not despise the small beginnings. It pleases the Lord to see the work begin. Whatever he has given you, he has anointed. And whatever he has anointed, within it, there's power. Think of it like a, a seed. When you look at a seed of anything, it looks like just a little dry little thing. But once you put it in the ground, in the right ground, you can look again and you're going to see this thing germinating. It can turn into a beautiful flower, into a big tree, into a banana, into whatever it is. But 
God gives you the right seed, the right tools, and guess what? He also gives you the right ground to plant, uh, to plant it in. So stop begging for pulpit. Use what you have. Use what God has given you. Custom made for you, anointed just for you. Guess what? It may be a small pouch with five little rocks, but guess what? You are going to end up using that one rock, the rock of ages, the name of Jesus. God bless you, and I'm going to pray so that the Lord will lead and guide you. This is our impact prayer for today. Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, I come to you before you with great expectation. I have learned from your word that you have freely created and given me every resource I need to live a fulfilled life, serving you and those around me. You have anointed my hand and my mind to fulfill the purposes that you created me for. You are the redeemer of time, and any time that I've lost, Father, I ask you to help me redeem it, so that the time that I have wasted or lost will now be turned around. Thank you for the gifts and talents that you have given me and all those that you have appointed to work with me. As your word says, Lord, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me, especially as I do your calling for my life, whether in the secular world out there or in ministry. Father, I thank you that you are the God who sustains, who maintains, who provides, Lord. And I pray, Father, that in the name of Jesus, I'll get up, And do what you have called me to do. Help me not to despise what you have given me as a beginning. Because I know it pleases you when I start to work. Let it be today, tomorrow, or soon, Father. I'm asking you in the mighty name of my Lord Jesus Christ that you lead and guide and show me. Let me not be afraid. Take the fear of starting away from me. Let me get started. Let me use that which you have given me. Because even the disciples, when you asked them, what do you have? They took the boy's bread and claimed it upon themselves. And they said, this is what we have. But that boy, he never complained. We don't even know his name. But Father, we thank you for the example he set for us to use what we have. Father, we ask you now that your anointing will be upon us as we set out to do that which you have called us to do without fear, with trust, And with faith, we thank you for all the opportunities that you've given us and you continue to give us that we may do the best that we can with what we have, that in the end, your name will be glorified because everything that we are doing is built upon the faith that we have in you. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 